Hello and welcome to The Coolest Kid. I am one of your hosts. Terrence Wiggins, joined by your other host. Brock. Brock, did you just wake up? No, 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 man. I've I've definitely been up for many, many moons. <laughs> days. <laughs> many moons many have days. come and gone. <laughs> many uh, days at this point. Hi, I'm Brock Wilbur, and uh, we are joined today by... Brock McLaughlin. Sorry, what was that? Brock McLaughlin? Oh, there we go. There we go. There we go. I just I just caught the end of it, and I was just like, it just sounded, it sounded like it just went. Yeah. I was like, oh. Brock number two. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this this episode won't be confusing at all when referring to somebody. We have um, we have very different voices, I think, so that should help out. <laughs> well, if I say, "Hey, Brock," and there's two Brocks here. Well, uh, for Canadian Brock, you say "A hey, Brock." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Brock. Uh, so Brock, tell us, uh, <laughs> Canadian Canadian Brock, tell us about yourself. Why are you Why are you here on our uh, fine program? Hey, uh, you know, up in Canada, there's not much else to do in the winters, so I play a lot of video games. Uh, mm-hmm. I, uh, I I write about video games. I write about TV and tech and uh, all that good shenanigans. Um, and where, uh, where is that material at? Uh, it's at BrockstarGaming.com, or you can uh, find me being sassy on Twitter at Brock McLaughlin. And uh, I, re- I really like Sorry, some I pop punk and uh, emo music. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it because well, that, come uh, the, the Canadian right weather uh, leads to uh, you know seasonal affective disorder, and this this really hits you a little harder? Uh, yeah, it's also just because there's such a vibrant uh, pop punk scene in uh, Canada. There, there, there really? No, there isn't. <laughs> I was gonna say. I was like, other than a few places in Ontario, there's very, very little. Okay, Rock, I was you I was like, had me. Well, I can, yeah, I was gonna be like, I, I was trying to think. I was like, what famous Canadian pop punk band is there? I, there, there isn't one. You, you got me. You guys did a show on like Alexis uh, on Fire a few weeks ago, or from here. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're great, but yeah, that's um, uh, that. There's not many. Yeah, they're few and far I, between. I feel like uh, you you guys got that thing that happened uh, in the in the two thousands, or that's at least when I remember it hitting, uh, which is where the the Canadian Broadcasting uh, Center announced that like legally one half of all songs played on Canadian radio have to be Canadian based bands, which is how bands like Death from Above and and like Wolf Party suddenly became these huge fucking things overnight because they were legally required to be played on the radio, and there weren't very many Canadian indie bands at the time. <laughs> Uh, and I, them and I've always really appreciated that. I'm like, when it's oh, them and Nickelback. So yeah, when I was like, I, I, I when I like in the early 2000s was like, I'm gonna take my band to the next level. I was like, guys, if we just move to Canada, they have to fucking play us. They, they don't have enough material to fill a day on the radio. Like that's that's our plan. The Canadian, the 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 path north is the path to Hollywood, uh, and that all yes, never did that. You could Still play haven't in been to see two your of our major country. cities. <laughs> and here we go again another song by broken social scene <laughs> uh, man i gotta be honest i don't understand them i do not like broken social scene i don't like their earlier stuff uh, i mean there's like a there's like a split where they made like a bunch of albums at once and then like there's like gaps between and i like the uh, the later st- anyway so not the ones with Feist. um 
yeah. yes she like it's a canadian indie rock supergroup uh that is a sentence that no that no one has ever said <laughs> oh and um, and you guys have been in in the the news this week uh <laughs> Uh, we were in the news a, a this Canadian, week. A Canadian journalist group uh, exposed Ticketmaster for engaging in this official practice of scalping. They went to a conference and they went undercover as like just fucking criminal scalpers. And Ticketmaster representatives were like, "Oh yeah, come work with us. We have like this whole internal system for it, and like we love scalping, and we can help set up." And they were all caught on camera doing like all this blatantly over the top like evil shit and. I, I know that, like, the Canadian report on this kind of got buried because people were like, gasp, Ticketmaster, evil? That's a thing that we learned in 1993, back when you had to call them with a 1-800 <laughs> number. But I, I was I was talking about the report with somebody, and they pointed out that they thought that maybe the reason that Canada had a fucking axe to grind uh, in this case might be because, uh, of course, the final tour of the Tragically Hip happened earlier this year before their lead singer uh, passed away or, or late last year. Uh, and tickets for that were sold through Ticketmaster and were instantly just st straight into StubHub and straight into Scalper. No one was able to buy a ticket for a reasonable price. And uh, they think that ca uh, Canadians might have been a little fucking pissed about the treatment of, of their national band there. Uh, and I was like, I, w I, w I would Good love that Lord. that would be the impetus for an investigative journalist to be like, you know what? I had to spend uh, $3,000 on my tragically hip ticket to see somebody before he died. I'm going to, you know, put some time into fucking these people. And I was like, that, that, that's the most Canadian revenge story I can imagine. <laughs> we will not, not be treated not the way the tragically hip were treated. <laughs> uh, that's that. That makes me happy <laughs> uh, to just be like, no, you kind of screwed over everyone. And we're going to uh, <laughs> maybe something will actually be done about Ticketmaster now because, man. That's why I don't go to any like concerts or big events because it's just like, hey, you can pay fifty dollars for the ticket, but it's also three hundred dollars for uh, servicing fees and parking and all this other nonsense because Ticketmaster fucking sucks. I, I I promise that we will get to the album here, but this week I did have the biggest <laughs> the biggest breakdown regarding that I've ever had in my entire life. Uh, ben Folds was coming to town. Ben Folds is my wife's favorite musician. Uh, and he was playing with the Kansas City Symphony all night because uh, he's uh, him and him and Andrew Bird are both like prepping like symphonic uh, albums right now. Uh, and I was just like, fuck, there's no way we can't go to see that. Uh, so for my birthday gift for my family, I was like, I cannot fucking afford these tickets. Can you help offset the, the, the price of them? So we got two really good tickets for this months and months and months ago. Uh, but the Kansas City Symphony uses a second-hand ticketing site, which is a uh, sister company under StubHub. So the tickets were already just fucking nonsense money. Um, and I thought that I'd gotten the tickets in the mail at some point, and I started turning the house upside down. I was like, I can't find them. This was like a, a week early. Uh, and so I was like, hey, uh, my dad had the confirmation number and stuff, and I was like, can you get in touch with them and see if they will resend the tickets for this? And like, And the tickets that I bought... They went out of their way to not specify what seat number or row we were in. They were like, we'll give you the general section, but like nothing that I could show up at the venue and be like, hey, even if when the show starts and there aren't two people sitting in that seat, here's my receipt for the insane fucking amount of money spent on this. Uh, 
and we got in touch with him. My dad spent like hours on the phone with him. I spent hours on the phone with him and they kept saying like, well, you already had the tickets, but we'll resend the tickets. We'll overnight them this day. And then they just kept saying like, they've been overnighted. They've done whatever. Uh, this is the fucking twist at the end. They never had these tickets. They never once had these tickets. Like they, a company gaslit me into thinking that the tickets were in my house, so I destroyed it, like having a panic panic attack, being like, that's the most money I've ever spent on a single event. I can't find it. I fucked myself. Uh, and it turned out I never got them, and they never had them. And it, it, it ended up being like the day of, and this we got this guy on the phone who was like, a new like manager level guy who just started a week ago. And he's like, yeah, I'm looking at the computer here and I can actively see uh, which employees lied to you on which days, because I can see that they had already seen the information that we didn't have the tickets, but then they emailed you and said that they're on the way and stuff. And I was like, why are you telling me this? He's like, well, it's my like second week here. And like, I just don't feel like being evil yet. And I was like, okay, so I, I recognize that, you know, that there's going to be, a slide into corporate evil at some point. <laughs> but between now and then it's like, yeah, man, we just, uh, we just fucking straight up made up these things. And like, thank God, like refunded me and, and, and my family, the money. Uh, but like that morning, somebody had said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've, we've sent them over your way. They should be there by the early afternoon. And that person knew straight up that the tickets didn't exist. And being a sister site to StubHub, uh, they could have let us know that they didn't have tickets and we could have grabbed some sort of last minute ticket on StubHub, like in the third balcony or something, but we still would have been able to see the show. And this nice, this nice ass dude was on the phone with me and my dad and pulled out his own fucking credit card to try to buy us something on StubHub. So we would still get to get to see the show. And as he was clicking buy on the last two tickets left, they were like, Oh, those tickets are gone. And he was like, fucking StubHub. So I was like, wow. Like <laughs> I met, I met the one like genuine human being who is left in the world. Who's like, you know what I want to get into concert ticket sales. I just want to be out there to help people. And you know what? If something goes wrong, I'll use my personal credit card account and this terrible company can try to refund me. Whoops, it's gone. And I was just like, I, I've never had to explain to my wife like, hey, you know how I lost that thing? It didn't exist. But also the thing that like $500 was spent on that didn't exist either. And everyone knew it the entire time. And like, maybe we'll just never see a show again. Like that's maybe the best <laughs> option here. Like, and, and also Ben folds is terrible. I, I don't believe that, but I want to say it now to try and to try and lessen the pain of what I'm going to tell you next, which is that we won't see this show tonight. And, uh, and the worst part of it was it was the second night of a two night engagement. If they told us the day before we could have gone to the other show or something like there were, there were so many opportunities for somebody to just be like, hey, we're just making this up completely. Uh, we just we we literally criminal stole your money. We're straight up criminals. And if you want to go see the thing, you should go get another ticket. Uh, it was it was the the single worst experience I've ever had trying to see a show. And I'm like, at least like they don't have our money. But like also my wife and I never got to see that show and it's not coming back anytime soon. Yeah. End of rant. Uh, so, yeah, I'd love to see Ticketmaster dismantled. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering when the topic like, of Ben Folds not being good would come up. <laughs> uh, so, uh, aside, we're not talking about Ben Folds today. No. Uh, we're actually talking about uh, Sunny Day Real Estate's is uh, their, their debut album, Diary, uh, which is an album that I've listened to that I listened to a lot when I was younger because it was like 
I heard it uh, coming out of my brother's room, uh, and then I just I listened to it on my own when I got older. Uh, but uh, Canadian Brock, you chose this album. Yes. So tell me why you chose this album. Honestly, I assume this is what like doing heroin feels like. Uh, it oh sounds. It sounds so strange. It just gives me this like euphoric feeling every time I hear it, and. Uh, it was the album art that really drew me into it. It just reminded me of yeah. my childhood. Like, I remember having those little Fisher-Price toys, right? And they all just look so right. happy, but there's just disaster all around. And I, I love the, the sadness of it. And I, I, it drew me in. And then hearing it, it just uh, it, 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 it was so depressing, but kind of happy at the same time, you know? Like, right. like doing right. heroin. it's destroying you but uh but also it makes you feel good um so when i listen i haven't listened to this album in quite some time like all the way through there's a few songs i pick and choose here and there but listening to this album today just like doing really doing nothing but listening to it uh i realized i was like oh this is like the perfect stopgap between like the emo of the later 90s and the emo of like when it was called a mode of hardcore in the eighties, because there's like a lot of just screaming and harsh guitars and stuff. But then there's also like, Oh, this is where American football came from style music. (laughs) (laughs) You you just see a lot of influence off this album, especially like a band like brand new sounds like they took a lot from uh, sunny day on their first album. Right. Even taking back Sunday on their first album. Um, it, it's it's just really cool. I was listening to it yesterday. I hadn't listened to it in a while to you know get prepared for today, and I, I liked it all over again. Every time I hear in circles, I get like really really excited. Uh, it's just such a good song. When I uh, I remember uh, walking into a GameStop uh, and they were they were showing off Rock Band Three. It was like when Rock Band Three was first coming out, and uh, they were like, "We're having a Rock Band." Uh, contest or if you play rock band good you get i don't know that's not important that's not part part of the story but uh i remember so like people were just playing <laughs> <laughs> the uh i remember uh going th- no it was guitar hero it was one of the it was guitar hero five i'm sorry uh and there people were playing all like the bullshit metal songs that they put on uh, Guitar Hero games, and then uh, I saw I was going through the track list, and they had uh, they had Seven by Sunny Day Real Estate, and that was the first time I was just like somebody did a thing I like because none of the music on like there was rarely a song on a guitar on a Guitar Hero or a rock band where I was just like this is a song that I knew before this. It was always like this is Rage Against the Machine ten times over, and I'm just like oh, thank you. <laughs> I didn't. I did not want this, but thank you. Uh, uh, American American Brock. American Brock, uh, reporting uh, for duty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you Did you listen to this album before? Or was this your first time? This is my first time with this album. I, I I'd heard a track or two off of it before, uh, and it is. Uh, I needed I needed a line he, in here. I think uh, <laughs> because I. Uh, I I did not. It I is not, not for you. Uh, it, oh, so here's here's where it goes for me. Uh, the, the the early parts of the album, uh, it doesn't. I, I love I love when bands do stuff that's like disjointed, and all of a sudden there's a 
breakdown and a time change or whatever. Uh, like the, starting from the first album, uh, the first song on this album, it sounds like they're doing that, but it's not because they had an interesting idea. It's because they were afraid to just sing the song that they were singing. Like nothing in <laughs> nothing in that first song. The seven uh, works for me. Uh, and and also any song that the chorus is is anything about taste as a sensation i'm automatically <laughs> turned off by it. i feel like that's all of what like aerosmith and like kisses is like oh yeah lick it up they love that taste i'm just like i i think i know what you're talking about and uh, not today sir thank you goodbye uh and it, it, it the rest of the album has this sort of uh production quality that just hits this weird spot for me where it's like it's not uh broken enough to be punk and it's a little too polished to be interesting for me right. anyway I, I went i went through the album thinking like a lot of this uh, like the song round feels like a parody of what this band is in my head <laughs> i was like this is it it seems like it, I, I think they're fucking with me uh, and then we hit <laughs> the ultimate and 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 we've we've talked about this on the album on the on the show before it's one of my favorite things uh the track seven the track seven where they do something <laughs> weird and it goes out of nowhere and here uh it's Futron Squerton Squerto, which is just this cool fucking piano rock track, and I was like, "Oh shit, I like this band." Uh, and then the back half does, uh, like you mentioned before, like this is where that sort of post-punk uh, cap and jazz sort of thing comes from. That's that's sort of jangly stuff and American football-y and I was like, "Oh, I I like this so much more," which is not usually how it goes. Usually, I want the more raucous thing. Uh, and then, right. uh, so like the second half of, of the album, I was like, it's almost too slow, but I, I like a lot of what's happening here. And then it uh, ends on the song Nine, which, let me acknowledge, I think that one of my problems with this and listening to this was, I, was, I, I don't think this band had enough ideas. And one of the things that shows that is that there mm -hmm. are 13 songs on this album, and five of them are just I... titled after numbers. Uh, so that's <laughs> a problem for I me. I had... <laughs> So, so, uh, so I had the same, like, I still, like, this is not an album that I think I'm gonna, like, revisit constantly. Um, right. But listening to it, I was just like, man, this album is long. Like, why is this an hour long? There's not a need for her. It, it feels a lot of, a lot of it feels meandering mm. and, uh, like it's from 1993. And, and meandering uh, originally be something you should six for. songs. Really? So really? a few of those songs are like well, bonus tracks and stuff. They're just not called like the number tracks or just bonus tracks. Huh. Hmm. You know what? You strip away it... all the number songs and this is a pretty tight album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it it just it it feels it feels bloated in a way where it's just like this is our first album. We really got to do a lot of uh put a lot in here. We were talking about this last week with uh with Braid. And uh, their first album is like an hour long, and it's like thirty tracks or something like that. It's just like you could have you could have cut this down like a lot, like a whole lot. Um, That's way too many songs. Yeah, it's oh, and and that ends with it ends with the song nine, which is the fucking best song on the album by a completely different band. Uh, who is <laughs> who dis displays a, a level of musicianship that is not on display in the rest of the album? That song, that song, fucking slaps. And I'm just like, <laughs> wait, where is this band? I, it, it felt like the tease at the end of a Marvel movie where you're like, oh, I I, I want to see more of that character. When does that movie come out? <laughs> uh, it's just like, 
who 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 is who is that uh, Sunny Day Real Estate? I want to buy a house from them because I don't want to rent from whoever did the rest of this. Their real estate is off putting to me. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, the Wikipedia page and the album, the version that we listened to with nine on it was the re-release. Uh, eight, eight and nine, which are tracks twelve and thirteen, uh, 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 were on the two thousand eleven, two thousand nine double LP reissue. Contains all eleven songs from the original album and two bonus tracks. Oh, were the bonus tracks like B sides from a single or something? It, they were lost. It says, "Oh my god, uh, the missing song." Yeah, they were just imagine losing missing, the best song on your songs. album. Imagine losing "Stairway to Heaven" and being like, "Let's just put out the rest of the album and see what happens." It's so. It's so like this album is. It's weird. Like I like it. The, I mean, that's why, and I feel like I have to say it weird because there's there's some. I think there's some cool stuff on this album, but it. Like I said, it it meanders on. It goes and it goes. I, I also, this is. Uh, I think they get. Uh, it is really weird. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. It it, it is. I think it they is get for this better. show very interesting because I don't think we've gone back as far as like 1994 yet. So there's there's things here where it's like, oh, uh, even in discussing like pavement and stuff, we were a few years forward from this in talking about like emo origin music. This is. So far back that one of my favorite parts about it was that uh, almost every song has like a music video and the music video for it is bad. Uh, that's right. how far back it's just it like them playing in a good. Garage. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, what's what's superimposed over them? Why it's the album art? Uh, it's just <laughs> it's the most 1994 thing. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm not judging this fairly by the standards. <laughs> and and like there the, there are some songs that are so um, structurally similar to a Nirvana song that I was like. Okay, like I've got to compare it to that because we've left behind like we do like I think almost as a rule like 1999 forward and we went back just far enough here that I was like, am I being a little unfair in in just going back a couple of years? But no, it's just I just don't I didn't have a line in it. I'm not trying to shit on the album and it does absolutely <laughs> invoke the feeling of heroin. Congratulations uh, on, on making a heroin an audible. Uh, drug that you can take but uh yeah i there's every song that i was like looking at the lyrics and i was like hey i could be on board with this then the music would kick in i was like nap not this one and then <laughs> this other songs is, is like not for me it is not it, this album is is not for me and and i feel like i needed like i needed Can canada brock to come in and be like this is why it matters first which is why we do this <laughs> podcast so that other people can have that i suppose so ignore my bitching right. about it and let's talk to somebody well, that likes it <laughs> <laughs> i think uh i think the big problem with this album is that is a it is a lot of uh first sounding things mm. like it is it is from 1994 it sounds like it's from 1994 and it is a first album uh from a band and it's it it sounds like someone's first album from 1994 like if you were to tell me <laughs> If you told me that this album came out now, like 2018, I'd be like, no, it didn't. Like, there's no way that this album came out in 2018. Uh, um, and if you didn't listen to, like, the remastered version, it sounds really rough. Yeah. Like, really rough. Yeah. You can tell it was, like, yeah. definitely the original, an early my brother, 90s thing that I had no idea what they were doing. Yeah. My brother has the original version, yeah. and it's... Uh, that was that was the version I originally remember listening to. Uh, and it... and. Uh, 
Brock not getting American Brock not getting this is it it reminds me of just like how did this album get so big because it's not like is it because it was so different from everything else that came out during that time or I was because like the other people like people know what this album yeah. is it, 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 in my head it felt like the sort of thing that uh, as a as a like sixth grader or something if an older brother played it for me I would play it for other kids and be like. Yeah, I fucking get this, even though I didn't and did not enjoy it. It feels like that sort of like you 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 get the shirt and proclaim that they're your favorite band now because it shows how smart and different and interesting you are, even though you're like, this actually sounds real bad. I don't like listening to it. Uh, I, I, I apparently have to go back and re-listen to that grungy version because it sounds like that might be what I was looking for here more than the remastered version. Maybe, you know, maybe you know what? not. There's a, there's a couple of the songs that I definitely heard I don't know, the man. I think you're really out on this of. one. Yeah, you don't have you like don't like do not do not put yourself through <laughs> listening to. Uh, you I said want they sounded to like love. A, <laughs> it, it, it's so close you to said, being a pop you, album, though. Uh, you said this sounds like a lot of their sounds. Uh, a lot of stuff sounds like Nirvana. Can you guess where this band is from? <laughs> Nirvana, Idaho. It's, it's yes, from yes, Seattle. Yes, exactly. Oh, that's a better answer. <laughs> So I was, I was trying to get. There was a sound in Seattle in the early '90s. Is what oh I'm trying god. to get at. Oh my god! It was it was more of a sound garden, if you will. Wow. <laughs> I hate sound gardens. I hate sound gardens. And so uh, too, do man. you? Me too. God. Really? Wait, what happened yes. here? Am I thinking of sound? No, I'm not thinking of sound garden. I'm thinking of Savage Garden. Oh my god. I don't god. like Sound Garden. Oh my god. I don't god. like Sound Garden. But I hate Savage Garden. I'm gonna make this my ringtone. Oh my god. You, you this is my favorite thing that's ever happened Savage on the Garden. podcast. <laughs> oh, I have I have I have a friend who loves oh, Savage wow. Garden. And uh they used one of their so- uh they used one of their songs at the end of uh JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part Four. That was the credit song was I Want You by Savage Garden. And guess what? fucking hate that song i just i just anyway, want to those... hear soundgarden in in their most soundgarden jesus christ pose voice do like chicka chicka cherry cola <laughs> <laughs> the the soundgarden savage garden crossover that no one needed or wanted and accidentally sound vidge garden oh my god oh no oh no well there goes my sunday <laughs> Uh, the another what? album that came out on this day that this album released too, uh, which I would choose over this, uh, I would choose this album over that any time was Weezer's The Blue Album as well. Oh shit! They yeah. went toe to toe with Blue Album. They, they went toe to toe with the Blue <laughs> yeah. Album. Yeah, yeah. I would also do that. I mean, I like the Blue Album, uh, but it's Weezer. <laughs> yeah, I am not a big Weezer fan. Like as man. I've as I've. Gr- as I've grown older, like I've like even even well, like I when I was a teenager, man, the Blue Album and Pinkerton were uh, something I listened to a whole lot of. But as I've grown older, I'm just like I, I don't even want to see Rivers Cuomo's face. I I deliberately like always avoided Pinkerton because I had like <laughs> I had a girl I went to middle school and high school with who like she just wrote Weezer on all of her binders, and that was the only thing she liked in the world. And she was like, you'll love Pinkerton. And I was like, because you do, I will not. 
Uh, and, <laughs> and when I was out in L.A. my first year, uh, Weezer was doing a tour where they were doing an album each night. And then after the album, they were doing like a bunch of other hit songs. So there was still a reason to come. And a friend bought tickets for the Pinkerton night and was like, come with. They're going to do the album from start to finish. And I was like, I've still not listened to the album. OK, I'll go. And I sat there and watched like songs like uh, Tired of Sex and stuff. And I was just like, in what universe does this guy <laughs> get to write this shit? Which also like a friend went to college with him uh, when he went back to college after like those two albums came out and like saw him uh, in uh, in the commissary one day and was like, hey, he's listening to music. And he walked out. And he's like, hey, Rivers, what are you listening to? And he opened his CD tray and he was listening to Pinkerton. Uh, which which like here's here's the list of people that i know that listen to their own stuff bowie prince rivers como uh kanye uh and uh the dude from mxpx who apparently just drives around his hometown uh in a convertible blasting mxpx at full volume to let people know he's the mxpx from mxpx uh so like him and him and rivers are in this boat of like you should drown uh, I don't understand uh, that sort of thing, but if Rivers I was an also MXPX, like I wouldn't want anyone to know I was an M- MXPX. <laughs> but if you're the only person in Bremerton who has written a song about Bremerton, uh, you're basically on the city council. That's how those things work. Uh, and in recent years, like Rivers has done things where he's uh, like late at night when he's sad. Anyone who's tweeting at him in LA, he's just like come over to my house and hang out, which I think is. The creepiest fucking thing. But he also uh, keeps a Google Doc of his drug use so he can measure things out to make sure he doesn't get addicted to things, which is constantly the thing that eats away at the inside of me that like Rivers Cuomo is such a bad <laughs> rock star. He can make doing drugs boring. Uh, he, he turned drugs into a spreadsheet. And I just I find that unforgivable. I find it unforgivable. <laughs> this information has just ruined my entire day. That is the worst thing I have ever it's, it's heard. It's not even, it's not even cool drugs. It's like so I split a Xanax yesterday, so I can't have a Xanax today, but I can have the other half on Thursday. And you're like, just OD. I don't care. <laughs> you, you should. I would I was, rather. I would rather that you be dead than turn drugs into a spreadsheet. This is the hill I will die on. Picturing, like, picturing Rivers trying to pick up drugs is just uh, very hard for me. <laughs> Especially because, like, how does Rivers buy drugs and not look like a cop? Who goes to sell Rivers Cuomo drugs and is like, hey, you're wearing, like, four like, wires. Oh. And he's like, yeah, I, I have to listen to this later. I'm recording myself so I can listen to it later. I want to make a song like, out of this dressing, He's been dressing the same for the past 30 years. Like, anyone who's buy, or selling drugs for Rivers Cuomo is just like, aren't you that guy from that band? <laughs> and he's wearing like the outfit he's wearing in the Buddy Holly music video. He's like, I don't know, right? Am I? Which is just his everyday attire. And then on the back, it just says, "I'm Weezer from Weezer." <laughs> Thank you for drugs. He has a giant patch that says that. Uh, I was uh, I was uh, in a restaurant with my brother, and they uh, like. But like during their happy hour, they play a bunch of music videos um, on their TVs, and Buddy, Ho- not Buddy Holly, um, Beverly Hills came on. Wazers Beverly Hills, and I have never wanted to fight somebody so badly than when I saw Rivers Cuomo playing that song in a video. And I haven't Mansion. seen that video in yes, at the Playboy Mansion. It's just these like disaffected hipsters dancing around the Playboy man- Mansion while like just. 
it was, uh, God, it's bad. I hate it. <laughs> I think it's Klosterman who had the comment on them that it's like, oh, uh, they present themselves as nerds trying to be uh, Van Halen, but they're actually Van Halen trying to pretend to be nerds. Uh, and yes. I was like, that is so true, but also Van Halen wouldn't have done that level of 80s bullshit for a dumb song. Like that, that right. music video was made to be an MTV pop-up video and nothing else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God, it sucks so They're... bad. The 90s is bad. <laughs> the 90s is awful. <laughs> What'd you the say? The 90s has just some awful music. Yeah. I was, uh, I was, um, watching Giant Bomb. Uh, they did a stream of, uh, the first Tony Hawk, like the original PlayStation 1 version. And there was just a bunch of music on there. I was like, I was like, good Lord, I do not remember all these terrible songs. Like, the 90s sucked. Like, how did we make it through? I haven't played a Tony Hawk <sighs> game in a long time, but I really wish I could. But the music alone would probably be better. Oh, I can, I can, I can get you a Tony Hawk. He can hook you up, boy. I can hook you up with a Tony Hawk if you oh, want a Tony Hawk. Okay, because the last one I had was five, and that was just, that was just god awful. I can... I can get you. I can get you a PC. Cop. You just we, we talk after the okay, show. I get okay, you. Cool, I get cool. you a Tony I'm looking Hawk. up the soundtrack right now for the first Tony Hawk. It's pretty bad. I see it's it's real I'm bad. Like, um, a- hey man, before I give you this Tony Hawk, aren't you that guy from Weezer? Yeah, yeah, I am. I'm really trying to affect that look to remind people of it. G- give me that Tony Hawk. <laughs> give me a hit of that hawk. Dude, give me a baggie of hawk, my man. Tony Hawk, though, it's probably not as good as I remember. Now the the game still controls like pretty pretty damn well. Okay. Um, like the trick system is a lot of fun. I will I will I will send you a Tony Hawk. We'll oh, we'll take yeah, care of this. There, there, there's we'll, a cool we'll PC remaster scene for it uh, that, that yeah. really opens it up. It's actually yeah, for, really cool. Uh, get it for Tony Hawk Underground too. They've uh, they've done some oh. stuff, and I can get you. Uh, now, now there's a guy who oh, wears his name God. on his shirt. It's Tony Hawk. Have you seen the tweets about <laughs> where Tony Hawk is like his people don't recognize who Tony Hawk is? <laughs> Because it's you my look favorite just thing. Like Tony Hawk, it's great. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like he'll he'll be on a plane or something, and they were like, uh, I think he was going through check uh, to uh, like checking his bags and everything. They're like, has anybody ever told you you look like Tony Hawk? <laughs> and it's like, man, poor Tony Hawk. <laughs> There's like multiple cases of it though. It seems to be a thing now. Yeah, I think I think it's it's like a Truman Show esque joke that everyone is playing on Tony Hawk. <laughs> At the end, Woody Harrelson will take off his hat or whatever. Woody Harrelson was the guy in that movie, right? No, that was no. Jerry. No, no the, the the director. Who was the director? Yeah, that was uh, Ed Harris. Sure. Oh, I thought you were trying to think of like the Jeff Bridges best friend character. No, not Jeff Bridges. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Where do, we don't know who's in this movie. <laughs> oh, guys, it's Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk played the best. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was I can't believe Hawk. I didn't recognize him. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, Ed Harris who was the director in the movie, the director of the life of this fucking. Movie. And and Noah Emmerich is is the best friend who we all love know. from. I, I don't know. I, I oh come on, bud! You is. you. Oh guys, 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 gentlemen, friends. I'm looking at his. Uh, I'm looking at his his thing, and I've. Do we not watch the Americans here? This is no, an Americans no, house here. Oh, buddy. We watch the Canadians up here. Oh. 
Oh my god, I did not know that the guy that plays the keyboards live in the uh, in the control room is actually Philip Glass. Is that supposed to impress uh, us? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did an episode uh, of West Wing. How could I forget? <laughs> All right, Canadian Brock. That's enough Canadian sass out of you. We're both men who drink clearly Canadian. We don't need you. <laughs> I was uh, that that just reminded me. I was watching uh, uh, this YouTube channel Funhouse, or part of Rooster Teeth. They have a on their premium program, and they have a uh, they have like their own sort of mystery science theater thing where they uh, they watch movies, and they watched a trauma movie called Butt Crack. And uh, Mojo Nixon is in it, and they were like, they were like, they could never remember the name Mojo Nixon, Mojo Nixon, and they just come home things like Mojo Potatoes, and that all just like who, like the who was Philip Glass, just reminded me of that. Uh, Also, never watch a trauma movie. I found them to be insufferable. I, 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 I'm confused. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, I was like, okay, cool. It's not a good okay. movie. It's yeah, no. it's a trauma no, movie. I, I, trauma makes yeah, they make movies and they're I bad. Would imagine um, a movie called people are like, oh, but there's it, unless it's three AM people, people are like, No, but they're they're intentionally bad. I'm just like, Yeah, but they still suck. Like it's not <sighs> I have a lot of emotions about <clears throat> things. Um so uh, back to this uh, this sunny day real okay, estate. Sure. I've got nothing else to say about it. it just like they uh, it bridges the gap between what was the 80s and what was the 90s in terms of uh, like the, the sort of hardcoreness of original emo like Rites of Spring and mm-hmm. stuff like that um, to like the later like get up kids and uh, American football and and even braid like you can hear stuff like that in this album. But I don't, I don't, there's too much in this album. It's too long and it could be cut down in some places. It could definitely be, it definitely has a few tracks ripped off. Like, I, I love the first like seven songs though. There's just, they just do it for me. There's, there's a lot of everything in there. Yeah. You know, yeah, I love this. Yes, I, I like it. It was, it was weird. Uh, yes, uh, I did, I did enjoy just like screaming out of yeah. nowhere, um, which is gonna be, which is gonna be the name of my band. Nice. Um, That'd be a good T-shirt yeah. for you. Oh, oh sorry, I forgot. Out of I'm not nowhere. talking because no one gives a shit about Philip Glass. No, I don't know who Philip Glass. I'll come to every is. show That's... of yours in Canada. Mm. I'm gonna look up who Philip Glass is. No, no, don't. <laughs> Brock, Brock, I am not white, okay? Mm-hmm. No, I know. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a, a music nerd in the way that that you. I'm looking at like the the stuff that he's done. I'm just like, yeah, of course. This is this is right up Brock's alley. I I mm. also do not mm. know Philip Glass. Brock, would you like to tell us who Philip Glass is? No, you are allowed to talk on this podcast. No, no, we're good. He's not emo. It doesn't fall into the purview of what we're doing here. Uh, so he did. Uh, uh, he did. Uh, where can he people find you online? 
He was the composer of Candyman, Farewell to Flesh. And the Truman Show. Um, you could find me at The Black Nerd. I was, I was actually joking. Do you want to keep going with the show? <laughs> I, I mean, whatever. Uh, I just don't know who... I want to know who Philip Glass <laughs> is. And as far as I know, he did... The, he was the composer for Candyman, Farewell to Flesh. I'm guessing that means somebody's going to turn into bees. I should have known the kids, they called me Mr. Philip Glass. <laughs> uh, oh, he also did Koyanakats, Koyanis, whatever. You know that one where the the documentary about the planet Earth. Oh, that that white people word. Yeah. <laughs> no, Philip Glass is just very white. Ah. And, uh, is there a sequel to Koyanakats? It's a movie, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Lou Dobbs is in it. Um, anyway, Brock, where can we find deals. you online? Oh, we're actually closing it. Okay. <laughs> I was. Oh, this is this is how the show goes, my friend. <laughs> Which Brock are you talking to? Now? American uh, American okay, Brock. Cool. Um, yeah. So watch the Americans. That's my recommendation. <laughs> he's Noah. He's, he's on, on the. Sh- he's on the show. No, he not is. Philip Glass. <laughs> Philip Glass isn't in the God. Damn it. Oh, American wow. Brock is on the Americans, and they call him American Brock. No, American Brock is on the Canadians. Anyway, Brock, where are you on the internet? American uh, Brock? Uh, American Brock would be a great villain for the Canadians. Let's let's agree on that. <laughs> Just, uh, hey, who loves capitalism? What up? Uh, yeah, hi, I'm online at Brock Wilbur. Uh, you can find the podcast I do with my wife called Missouri Loves Company. Uh, my uh, podcast, Carrying Into the Void, and my, uh, oh, my wife. My wife heard me uh, promote the show, the show that we haven't made in nearly two months. Terrence oh, edits it. Uh, also, I do uh, edit it. Terrence edits my show about uh, Silent Hill called Less Than Silent Hills, which uh, the most recent review of says, hey, I can hear a cat sobbing in the background. Can somebody please give love to that cat? Uh, so in the future, if you can edit... Uh, <laughs> all tortured cat noises out of the Silent Hill show. You know what? Leave those in. Leave those in. Those belong there. I would say that sounds appropriate. It sounds appropriate. Something should be in pain at all times. Uh, so that's there. <laughs> it was still a five-star review on iTunes. It was like, by the way, someone take care of that cat. I was like, all right. Well, somebody should Somebody should pet that cat. Yeah. Also, uh, a really nice review. The- yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> Uh, Canadian Brock being the villain in the Canadians makes it sound like a the Canadian version of uh, Doctor Strangelove, ah. where America, Canada, just a war. It's a movie from the Canadian Brock. Where do we find you on the internet? Uh, you- <laughs> At philipglass.net. <laughs> At Tony Hawk. No, I'm at Brock the Blockwood on Twitter, and uh, you can find me on my website at Brockstar Gaming, where uh, I should probably get back to writing, you know, uh, any day. Yeah, I have, an, I, I have an article to write, and I'm just like, I need to do this, but I don't, I, I can't do it. Anyway, I get. I just want to go play Assassin's Creed, you know? I'm, I'm going to play that Destiny. Oh, oh, um, my because I like I like video game, okay. All right, all right, okay. Because because Terrence's aspirations are the fallen. 
<laughs> uh, uh, Brock, Canadian Brock, thank you so much for coming on our show thank and talking about bud. this album. Thanks for having me, guys. You're American, Brock. Yo. <laughs> Your Canadian accent. Are you saying thank you to him? Are you saying thank you to him? Or are you saying thank you to me for thanking? We got to end the show because thank I can't you. say Brock anymore. Uh, this was great. We reached we Max. We reached Max album. Brock. <laughs> the, the Brock Levies are breaking. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for listening to the show, dear audience. Uh, please rate the show on iTunes and share it with your uh, with your friends and your family and possible musicians that would be like, hey, you like those bands, you should listen to this thing. Um, and you can find us at Coolest Kids Pod on Twitter. And we are the coolest kids, and we take what we can get. Thank you, everybody. Bye.